You must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. I am Robert Black, and you are listening to Sexual Heroes. My guest in this episode is Rick, better known to his many fans as Proud Bader. After nearly a decade performing on his own pay-per-view website, this popular professional masturbator and self-described solo sexual can now be found performing, educating, and normalizing a historically taboo act on Just for Fans. He is also one of a handful of expert masturbators appearing in a series of training videos on the website BaitWorld. Rick, thank you for joining me today on Sexual Heroes. Hey, thanks for having me. I am really excited to have you. You have no idea. You're also known as Proud Bader on the internet. That's right. And yeah, so I bow to the king of all masturbators. Ah, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> it's true. You also, if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, yep. identify as a solo sexual. That's 100% correct. That really interests me. Can you tell me what that means to you? Okay, so yeah, again, it's it's good that you mentioned about um, what it means to me, because I've had in the past few months or so, when I came back to um, baiting online, I sort of mentioned it on like Twitter and other social platforms. And and boy, was I bashed. Because <laughs> hmm. I think that a lot of people see it in different ways. And for a lot of people, this is sort of a myth. It's like a joke. And for me, that's a lifestyle. That's, you know, that's what I've been throughout most of my life. When someone comes to me and says, oh, are you gay, straight, bi, top, bottom, versatile, or whatever, I just find it really strange because it's about me and my body. It's nothing to do with other people. So the way that I see solo sexuality is someone who gets off by enjoying themselves, mostly by themselves. The fact that I may bait with a mate from time to time, which I do, doesn't make me anything other than a baiter. That's what I sort of try to, the message that I try to convey to people and I guess it's kind of difficult to swallow to a lot of people out there. Hmm. And the way that I identify myself today is as as a solo sexual, nothing else. What was your past like? Did you experiment with women, with men, and then come to the conclusion that you're a solo sexual? Or has that kind of been your what you are your whole life? What can I say? I think, as far as I can remember, I've always been like this. Always. And I remember very early on when I was literally 18, 19, which was a million years ago, I already, I was already doing my own thing. Like I would shut my door, I would get my cameras and I would do my stuff. And it's, uh, it, it has been 90% of my life, mostly solo stuff. So um, I could easily say I identify as pretty much a solo guy, literally. Mm -hmm. And it's always been like that. But I've, I've tried a few things. Yeah, I have tried. And I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> you did not enjoy it. No, I didn't enjoy it. I remember the, the first few sexual experiences that I had were awful. Like, fuck. 
I couldn't believe it. And I thought, fuck, there's got to be something better than this. Maybe I wasn't lucky enough to find the right people. And you've chosen to share your solo sexuality with the world. I did. And that started about a decade ago. Uh, and maybe a little bit longer than that. <laughs> a little bit longer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 15 to 16 years now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Has that affected your career at all? Because you're not, you have not been a professional solo sexual all that time. You've, you've no, had no. Yeah. what I would call, you know, what, pe- what people call a real job. Yeah, that's right. Early 2000s was when I started to post stuff online but it was not professional or anything like that. And I used to use another name, which was, um, I think it was Slim Boy H1. And I can't use that anymore because I'm not slim anymore. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and I'm not a boy well, either. Well, and you're hardly a bear. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I cannot, absolutely cannot identify myself as a slim guy anymore and definitely not a boy. I think it was mid to late 2000s is when I, sort of realized that, that there was something there for me. Like I started I started posting stuff and I started getting people, oh, I want to send you donations. I want to, I want you to do this and that. And um, in exchange of money at the time. And obviously I had no job. I had no career. Um, I had only just started to go to uni. And I thought, fuck, that there is something there for me. I might as well just try to try it. And then in the late 2000s is when I um, designed, pretty much designed the whole Prowlbator website, which lasted for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And that's when I became a professional on that sort of field. And putting yourself out there, has that been a conflict? Oh, yes. Yeah, for many years it has. Yeah, because at the end of the day, because you are not, as you said, you are not a professional, you're not doing that full time. At times, I had a lot of conflicting sort of dual, double life sort of thing. I remember when I was doing the Prowl Beta website, I was going uh, full-time at uni, and I never told anyone at all. And although many of the papers that I was doing um, were on sexuality, I never actually mentioned it to anyone, so I was kind of hiding in the background, the guy sitting in the back of the class and, and just thinking about what movies I was going to record when I got home. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's how it kind of worked for five or six years. And then when I finished my schooling and everything, I um, got a job. And uh, again, I never told anyone about it, and I just kept going until such time when I thought, fuck, this is, this is not really working for me. Now it's, I have to make a decision. And you do this full-time now, correct? That's correct. Yes, I have, in the past few months or so, I have um, left my job, which was a really nice, high-paid job, to do what I love, which is bait. That's what I love to do. And when I hear like... Um, Sometimes, you know, when you go on like places like Bait World or even on Twitter and you're called out by people saying, oh, you're just, uh, you know, you're just here for the money. You're exploring people, blah, blah, blah. And I just keep thinking to myself, dude, you have no idea how much I have sacrificed to be here today. Right. And, uh, yeah. And that's something else that I'm quite proud of. You know, I'm, I'm quite open about it. That's what I love to do. I envy you. I, if I could get to that point at some time, that would 
<laughs> that would be awesome. You, um, you should enable me. I think you, what you have to do is you have to put yourself out there and just take the risk. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a person to take risks. 90% of the time, it paid off. Now, currently, you're on the platform just for fans. How did you choose that particular platform? And can you include in that answer, why not something like oh, Chatterbait? Oh, Chatterbait. That's an interesting question. I done a lot of research on which platforms to go for. And I had a couple of options like OnlyFans and then there was something else and blah, 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 fans. And then I came across Just for Fans, which I had never heard of before. So I went in and I had a read and I, I really liked the idea that there is a real person behind this whole thing. So I started reading about it and I, I thought I felt connected to the whole thing because that's how I had Prowlbator, the Prowlbator.com website. It was run by me, a human being, a normal person at home or in a small office running my own thing and including people in it in the whole process. Like I would normally tell people or show them how I was doing stuff behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I do not see that kind of vibe on other places like OnlyFans, for example. To me, OnlyFans is very mechanical. You go do your stuff and that's the money and that's it. And it's not something I wanted to be part of. That's the main reason why I joined joined, uh, Just for Fans, because I really liked that idea that there is a real person behind this whole thing and there is a sort of a a small sense of community, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm just, I don't know, maybe I'm just lying to myself about it because at the end of the day is business as usual just gonna mention about chatterbait i've never believe me or not i've been around for a long time but i've never ever done a live show before never Mm. because i don't like being told what to do like the moment i get someone telling me turn around do this show me that or Mm -hmm. say this that's when I'm ready to just close the camera and see you later. Bye. If you're going to be there telling you what to do, it's not going to work. So there's no submissive side to you. No, not at all. No, I'm in charge 100%. <laughs> One of the reasons that I like Chatterbait for me as a yeah. performer, if people come in the room and start telling me what to do, I don't like it. But yeah. as soon as they drop some coin, I know. Uh, yeah, I know. that turns me on. <laughs> yeah. Weird psychology there. Yeah. At the end of the day, we are providing a service, right? It's like there's no denying in it. We are providing a service. We are doing the stuff and we are getting the coins back. Like I absolutely love when I'm sort of post a video on on, on, on just for fans and then I get a couple of donations and then soon after the donation comes a little message saying, oh, I love you to do this or that. If you could, that would be awesome. And by the way, I send you a donation. Like that sort of thing, it's very different from, you know, like turn around, do this, do that. I'm giving you money. Yeah, show it's, me your hole. Show me your hole. Yeah, put put your legs up. I want to see that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very different. I, I think it is the way that people ask you stuff. Like if yep. people ask me, hey, I have a good idea for a new video for you. Uh, it would be nice to see you do this or that. I'm so open to you know, like literally grab my camera and go and do it. 
because it makes me really excited to see the excitement of the other person and, and the ideas that they have about me doing the stuff. I think that I'm not a person for a live stream. I feel like I would end up with tantrums. I would end up closing the camera <laughs> because, again, I don't like being told what to do. And I've, I have so many friends who are on Chatterbait, and I often come around and say hi and stuff. But I can see the sort of, the sort of ideas that people, the viewers, have, that they are in charge of everything and they are telling you what to do. And it just doesn't work for me, unfortunately. Well, speaking of being asked to do things nicely, yeah. uh, you were asked by Bait World to, to make some educational videos. Uh, yep. Can you tell us about that? Okay. So that was about when two months ago, eh? um, when season one came. Oh, no, that was three months ago, I think. I had only just returned to the Bait Arena uh, this was July, yeah, late July, I think it was. So I, I got an email out of the blue from uh, Milking Coach, which I had been following for many, many years. And I just, I fell on my feet. I couldn't believe it. And he says, well, I'm actually working for Bait World, and I would love you to produce something for the site in which you're sort of instructing people or giving them ideas on how to do uh, bait-related things. And uh, I was over the moon. I couldn't believe it. I thought, fuck, this is so amazing. People recognize what I do and think it is worth showing to others, particularly on a platform like Bait World, where is well, it's literally the number one uh, bait community in the world, isn't it? I think so. so. Yeah. So the video that I created was... Um, what was it? Let me just recall. Because I make often two to three videos a day, so it's I've got about 50,000 videos. Um, the video that I made for Bait World was um, I was teaching people how to make noises. Mm -hmm. That's what gets me off. The more noises you make, the better. That's why I'm so vocal and I like exploring the sounds that my cock makes and I like playing with oils and things like that. And that's what the video was all about. I think it was quite a quite a hit, to be honest. I, I think people really enjoyed it on Bait World, yeah. and I hope they did. Well, and speaking of noise and being vocal, you do realize the power of your accent. Oh man, <laughs> uh, it took me it took me many years to speak on my videos because if you watch my first videos from uh, the Prowlbaiter website, there was not a word because I didn't want people. See how. How silly, eh? Because in my mind, if you were not American, you would not be doing porn. That's that's oh. the idea that I had because Americans had the, it was like the supreme, you know, anyone in porn had to be in America. And that's the idea that I had because people who come from other places, they often feel like, oh, I'm not in Hollywood. I'm not in the, you know, in the ghetto thing. Maybe I shouldn't be doing it. And that's the idea that I had. But this was many years ago, like I said, 15, 15 12 years ago or so. And well, I didn't want people to hear my accent because I thought it would turn them off. That's <laughs> what I thought. I thought, fuck, the moment they realize I'm not American or British, that's the end of my career. Well, it's a huge turn on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. 
I get that thrill of being asked to do a video like that because yeah. I was also asked to do one for season two, but you know, it was even more thrilling for me was yeah. the fact that you had done one and that they were also asking me. I'm just, I'm a big fan, big fan oh, of yours. Thank you so much. Wow. I, I just don't know what to say. Really. Thank you. I'm, I'm again, I'm really humbled for that. Uh, thank you. Going back to the solo sexuality, yeah, I want to learn a little bit more about that. When a a baiter who maybe doesn't identify as a solo sexual, maybe they're gay and they're yeah. masturbating, they they might fantasize about sucking dick or getting fucked, being in a gangbang, or you know, watching gay yep. porn or what. What kind of fantasies do you have to propel you? Or do you even need a fantasy? Are you just in the moment? Well, that's a really, <clears throat> that's a really good question, actually. Um, believe me or not, I get off watching videos that are similar to mine. But I, I don't watch myself, but I watch all the baiters. Mm -hmm. If you, you want to turn me off, is show me fucking scenes or sucking or whatever. I, it just doesn't work for me. I like seeing men coming. I like seeing men working their cocks and talking about it and squirting and that sort of stuff. That's the stuff that gets me off. And again, going back to the solo thing and how confused people still are about it, I often get messages on social media and on my site of people saying, oh my God, I want to fuck you. I want to suck you. I want to this, I want to that. And I just, you know, very politely say, oh, thank you very much. That's very nice. But it doesn't work for me because I like masturbation. That's why the name Prowl Baiter, I date and I get off by watching people baiting as well. I don't think it's that confusing. I'm kind of surprised. When we talk about baiting, we're talking about masturbating, focused on your dick. But as a solo sexual, it expands. You also enjoy using toys. I do, yes. And not just on your dick. Well, yeah. You enjoy penetration. Well, not really. Oh. This, this comes as a surprise. Not yep. really. Because I, well, when I first started back then, I was using some dildos and stuff. And um, I, I actually enjoyed it. But again, I don't think that I would, I don't, I cannot say never because you, you should never say never. But I, I don't see myself ever being fucked by a real person. But because I'm in control of what I'm doing and I can do some training and stuff behind the scenes, I can work on my ass a little bit sometimes. I've recently got a couple of um, S toys and I posted online and I keep pushing it over and over because to me it's such an achievement that I put something on my ass because I, I have not done that. So if you just heard about me and look at some of the stuff that's out there with me with a big dildo up my ass, you think, oh, this guy is a pro, eh? But it's it's literally, literally, to me, is an achievement to be able to do that because I'm not really at all into penetration. Well, congratulations to you. <laughs> Thank you. I've, I think I've done a lot of homework to get to the point where I could go on camera with the stuff up my ass. As it took a lot of practicing, I can tell you. But it's fun. I, I enjoyed it, and I'll probably do it again a few times. I can get on cam, and I can 
masturbate, but I have a hard time, pardon the expression, I will not or have not at this point used a dildo on myself on cam. I've had one of those Bluetooth plugs in my butt, but oh, I tried it. I, for some reason, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with the dildo use. I don't know why. Oh, just, man. Yeah. Do you consider yourself an exhibitionist? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why do you ask? Just clarifying, because I, I mean, yeah. there are people who are on Chatterbait and putting out videos who who yeah. don't consider themselves exhibitionists. In fact, oh. um, I interviewed one for the very first episode in season one who said that he did not consider himself an exhibitionist. So, I think that what could happen is a lot of people, they, they have different needs and um, priorities in their lives. And some people, they may do that just because of the fun of the moment. And some other people, they may do it just for the money. Um, in my case, I like, I love being watched. That is what I like. That's what makes me, I guess, an exhibitionist because I like being watched. If I know nobody's watching or that nobody's going to get off watching what I've done, then the whole point is void. So uh, in that sense, I am absolutely an exhibitionist. Yeah. Oh, I totally get that. I'm right there with you. You said that you do from time to time get together with another person to bait. Uh, yeah, not often though. Is there a bait scene in New Zealand? I mean, here they have in the major cities, well, pre pandemic, they had, uh, you know, New York City Jacks, uh, San Francisco Jacks. Is there a scene like that in New Zealand or no? No, no, absolutely not. So, what, what happens is I've got a couple of mates that I actually met online throughout the years and people that I've known really well, like people that I could consider my closest friends. And we talk to, we, we talk to each other every day and things like that. And um, sometimes when, like not now because of COVID, but we would travel and meet at some stage, it's somewhere along the way. And we would spend a whole week baiting and making videos and stuff. But the answer is no, I've desperately tried to find people in New Zealand that are not 19-year-old guys, which is not my thing, to bait. Like, there is no such a thing as a bait community, guys, who, you know, who get together or have a club to go to and bait and stuff. Most people, they want to fuck. They just want to fuck. There is no such a thing as masturbation. That's the sort of thing you would do by yourself at home. As an exhibitionist, have you ever had an opportunity to put on a performance for a live group? And if not, would that be something that you would enjoy or no? Oh, no, it's, it's actually a really good question because a couple of months ago when one of my mates was here, we went to this club of sorts. I'm not going to give names, but we went to this club and I had the most amazing exhibitionist time ever because I had never experienced something like that. We were baiting around. I had this huge hat on and I was walking around people and it was just so good because everybody was really respectful, but I could see that people were getting excited about it and, and uh, people would come and shake my hand and talk to me and stuff. And um, so in a way, it was a performance. It wasn't planned or anything like that. It was just um, 
it's a club that's got an open space, like an outdoor space with swimming pools and things like that. And I've, I've been there a few times. And um, what happens is most guys walk around with towels and just like, what's going on? So the first thing I did is no towel, just walk in, take my clothes off and walk around. And then I had, this, as I said, a hard on. I would sit on a chair or stuff. And, and it was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. You are my hero. <laughs> and, and and again, it's not the sort of stuff that I do often, but I think I wouldn't have a problem doing that to an audience that's willing to watch it. Like I wouldn't impose myself into an audience that's not prepared. And again, it's always a you know time and place for everything. Like I I don't quite get the idea of guys wanking on shopping centers and things like that because it's not the sort of thing that I envision for myself because you're pushing yourself you know like to people who are not actually asking for it if you know what i mean right well it should be in an environment where it is welcome yeah so um yeah so the answer is absolutely yes if i had some sort of um event or something organized in which i had to bait for people to a live live audience so i think i would have fun it would be fun yeah i definitely want to be there (laughs) (laughs) i guess it's all about your mind space as well you need to be you need to be okay and comfortable with it which is another thing that i sort of work on all the time like if i'm not comfortable like there are days when you know some days i wake up and i think fuck i feel like shit today so there's no way i'm gonna get my camera and do anything i'll just have a day off do stuff walk my dogs play some games or travel a little bit i love sort of road trips and as you know new zealand is one of the most beautiful countries in the world and i i like traveling around hop on the car and play music and stuff and and listen to the sexual heroes podcast which i've been doing quite a lot in the last few months do you want to tell me about your bait experience just for a change what is it like i know you've spoken about sexuality and things but where do you see yourself nowadays in the bait arena if you are a baiter that's a great you've done a a lot of gay porn haven't you i have um and i said in another podcast you know the one award that i won in all of my porn career was for a masturbation scene and i've just always enjoyed bait world and and cam rooms and things like that and then about maybe six years ago i had to move out of state for a job to an area where there was zero opportunity for sex. Yeah. <laughs> and I did, that's when I discovered Chatterbait. Yeah. And so that became my sexual outlet. And I think that's when I realized, you know, how much of an exhibitionist and a, and a baiter I was, how much yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I can totally and, relate to that. Yeah. And so then when I moved back to California, I continued ever since then I've been doing the chatterbait and have really just sort of embraced yeah. the whole bait or bait community thing, yeah. the you know, brotherhood. Even more recently, I rediscovered Twitter because I had started a Twitter account, I think back in 2010. And at the time I didn't get it. It just, you know, there was, it just seemed like there was much happening on it. So I abandoned it uh, for that reason. And also because of a new career that I was starting and I didn't want to mix uh, 
Robert Black with the new yep. career. Yep. But then recently I I said fuck it and I decided to resurrect myself and uh start the podcast and get back on Twitter and that has really done a lot to make me a happier person. It's really yep. added to the quality of my life just being able to be myself again. I sort of can relate to that as well because um I was literally away from the internet for well over two years. I've also decided to go back to Twitter. I still don't get it. Like, um, <laughs> I, I still don't get it. And and again, it may sound a little bit selfish or horrible, but most of the time when I go live is to promote the work that I'm doing. Um, mm -hmm. And I really hope that people enjoy it. And I'm quite, I have to say, I'm quite generous with what I show people because a lot of people just, they will just show you like a, a little blurred picture of sorts and, and you have to go and figure it out what it is. I'm not really a social media guy, but I try to stay, as you said, connected. Puts your life into perspective and you get to see other people as well. And you get to sort of be in touch with people. I think this is really important if you're living in some sort of a small community like like the Bater community. As a business person doing your own porn, it's really a necessity. It is, yeah. If you're a porn model for big studios, it's you don't need it. But you have to promote yourself on social media if you're going to survive doing your own thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's another reason why I've decided to go back to uh, Twitter. Because again, yeah, if, if you're not seeing, you're not remembered. I used to have, what, 60,000 followers on Twitter, uh, Tumblr back in the day. And then Tumblr changed and deleted a whole lot of blogs and stuff. And when I saw that happening, I quickly removed myself before I get removed because I've got this thing that I would rather leave than be shut down, if you know mm -hmm. what I mean. So I thought, oh, I'm, I'm think it is a good time for me to leave Tumblr at this stage. And I, I was lucky enough because a couple of months later, all of my mates' blogs were deleted. And that's when I sort of walked away for a little bit from uh, from the um, social media platforms. So I just want to make sure everybody knows you were asked to do a follow-up Bait World tutorial. And uh, do you want to tell us what that one's about, or should that be a surprise? Um, okay, yeah. So I'm going to be part of season two that's coming probably within the next month or so, because I know that they post one video every few weeks, um, so they don't, you know, just dump mm -hmm. everything at once. Right. Uh, but what I'm doing is uh, obviously an instructional video, which I really enjoy doing. And this one involves a couple of toys. Um, so I'm going to be showing you how to use certain toys because I can guarantee you 90% of the people using the toy are using it wrong because wow. I can see it online. And I, I have friends and, you know, I have a lot of contacts and people who come to me and say, hey, I bought this shit. It doesn't <laughs> work. And I just can't believe it. Like, how does it not work? It's like the best deep throat toy in the whole fucking planet. How can you not get off? It's because they're not using it properly. They are not pushing the right buttons or, you know, like there is a whole lot of things that go with the toy. It's not simply just oil it up or lube it up and off you go. It's just you need to work it. So this this video is going to be all about that. 
And I'm going to go into very small details on how the thing works and how to get it off. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited. I really hope that people enjoy it and learn something out of it, really. Well, thank you very much for being on the show today, Proud Bader. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. For information with links about a guest appearing on Sexual Heroes, visit the show notes at sexualheroes.com or on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can follow and message me on Twitter at Robert Black XXX and on Facebook at Real Robert Black. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.